Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. Of course, you can get our podcast at Apple or wherever you prefer to get your podcast. We're live on Facebook, live on YouTube. Give us a follow on Twitter at Talking underscore Tide. Always quick links to each of our podcasts right there on the Twitter feed. Give us that subscribe and YouTube and follow us on Facebook as well. I want to thank a couple sponsors really quickly. Peter Brook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, as always. And, of course, Heat Pizza Bar in downtown Tuscaloosa. Those a little bit later in the program, Travis, we convene here uh, midweek to preview Alabama's SEC opener at home against the Ole Miss Rebels. Of course, a uh, quick reset. It'll be a 2.30 p.m. Central Time broadcast on CBS. Ole Miss comes in unbeaten at 3-0. and Alabama, of course, 2-1, and uh, coming off a relatively narrow victory on the road at South Florida. Travis, this is an Alabama team with SEC play upon them uh, that's definitely looking to regroup in, in multiple ways. A lot to figure out, and here it is, SEC play with Ole Miss coming to town, and looks like it's back to Jalen Milrow, as we talked about earlier in the week. We'll see how the offense responds to that. We'll see how the plan responds to that. So uh, a lot of intrigue. I'm not sure that's exactly what you want going into a matchup like this. Ole Miss, a capable team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Jackson Dart playing at a really high level, not just throwing it, but running it. Um, you know, but Ole Miss has some injuries too. And I think both these teams have some injuries that we'll get into probably, but more so for Ole Miss on the offensive side of the ball, a couple of their key skill guys dealing with some things here at midweek. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and you know, you, you mentioned briefly the plan is going to be interesting. And, and, and I think it's a great point because for all the eyes that are going to be on Jalen Milrow, and understandably so, for all the eyes that will be on the offensive line and probably Caden Proctor in particular in terms of performance, the plan needs a little bit of a twist too. And so I think – uh, that as much as performance is going to be worth eyeballing. You and I talked last podcast about how this does not look like a team that's that's prepared to run anything from from empty set, for instance. Uh, and is Alabama going to get Jalen Milrow more involved in the running game options, design quarterback runs, etc.? Uh, especially offensively, maybe not so much defensively. Uh, the the plan might be as important as some of the performances. Yeah, I mean, how about some of the stuff we saw Tyler Buckner do in the bowl game at Notre Dame with Tommy Reese? Because we really haven't seen that yet. And that was sort of my expectation for these quarterbacks, whether it was Milrow Simpson or Buckner. Quarterback power, quarterback uh, draws, obviously. Quarterback counters, uh, there was plenty of that that we saw in the – and the Irish Bowl win over South Carolina. We really haven't seen it yet, so uh, maybe we see some of that this week. If not, um, you know, maybe Jalen has learned from some of the mistakes that he made against Texas. That's the hope you have anyway, but those are pretty fundamental errors that he made, so uh, you would hope that'd be the case by now. 
Alabama could be welcoming welcoming back a couple of starters along the line of scrimmage. More than likely, I think Tyler Booker should be good to go. Travis, although Nick Saban is, has yet to comment uh, in his Wednesday news conference about any injury situations. Also, of course, Jaheim Otis with that walking boot on the left foot at USF. His status um, – Still pending as well, but both those two, those are two of Alabama's very best linemen, one on each side. You got to think it'll be, make a, a difference if both of them are available too. Yeah, both these teams are going to want to run the ball. Uh, obviously, with Lane, you think about uh, what he's able to do with quarterbacks and the passing game, but you know, Ole Miss really wants to get Quinshawn Judkins going. Now, he got banged up a little bit against Tulane a couple of weeks ago, wasn't really the same last week. Uh, Ulysses Bentley stepped in and did a nice job. Sounds like maybe the sixth president of the United States or something with a name like that. But, um, you know, they've got some other backs, but certainly they want to start with Quinshawn Judkins and then get it into Jackson Dart doing some stuff off of that. And, you know, Trey Harris, one of the Ole Miss receivers, uh, also missed last week. He caught five touchdown passes in the first five quarters of the season. So um, he's a guy from Louisiana Tech – Big transfer portal team that Lane's got. He, he's done a nice job with that, really, at just about every area of the football team. So, um, Alabama, from the injury perspective, as you said, we saw Otis in some practice footage earlier in the week. That was a positive. We saw Kendrick Law at practice on Tuesday in the footage. Um, and Booker is, is kind of the biggest question mark, I'd say, right now. Terrence Ferguson didn't play terrible in his place down at South Florida. So, I think they're okay on the interior. It's it's tackle, it's specifically left tackle, where they got to get Caden Proctor some help. They got to do some things that, not to leave him as exposed. And the quarterback's got to help there too. The ball's supposed to come out. You got to get the ball out, you know, and, and the backs and tight ends all have to be a part of that too. No doubt. You, you mentioned the impact that the transfer portal has had on this Ole Miss roster. Uh, probably worth a tip of the cap at this point, Travis, to Jackson Dart, because here's a guy that came in as a transfer himself last year, started all season, threw the ball fairly well, although, as we know, the, the season kind of collapsed on Ole Miss toward the end of the year, um, probably starting with Alabama. Well, here comes Spencer Sanders, right, from the portal, from Oklahoma State, four-year starter out there, tons of experience. And Jackson Dart held him off and has continued to hold him off. I kind of thought, when I, uh, given the way Ole Miss finished last year so poorly, when I saw Spencer Sanders was coming in, I'm like, well, that's it for Jackson Dart. That's what I was thinking in the offseason, but that's not how it worked out. No, Jackson Dart's a tough dude, and I know we all have that sort of perception of SoCal guys or guys that transfer out of USC, whether it's Keaton Slovis, whether it's JT Daniels, whether it's Jackson Dart. Man, think about the quarterbacks that have left that program in the last five or six years. Um, This dude is – he's tough. He is a tough cat. And I think this team, more so than even Lane's, has taken on the personality of Jackson Dart. And – um, he's an easy guy to like, just the way he plays the game. Uh, it isn't always perfect, but he is talented. Uh, and he's a better runner and a more willing runner than I would have thought coming from the West Coast to the SEC. No doubt, no doubt. Showed some toughness last week running the ball over 100 yards on the ground. for Leading rusher for Ole Miss right so, now. 
for yeah. Jackson Dart. I'm sure Kevin Steele has alerted his defense plenty to what he can do running the ball. No doubt. No he doubt. All right, really team. quickly going to jump and uh, – Really quickly going to jump here and uh, talk about that Ole Miss defense really quickly, Travis. A couple of Alabama natives play key roles on this Ole Miss defense. Trey Washington, the safety from Hewitt Trustful. Uh, Cedric Johnson, the defensive end from Mobile Davidson. Those two guys, um, certainly two of the better players on that side of the ball for Ole Miss. Uh, They got some athletes up front, Travis. I I think they can definitely give this – Alabama offensive line that's been struggling a lot of problems at the same time they don't gen- they generally give up more points than talent says they ought to right I mean it's a, it's a defense that has a way of underperforming and uh, interestingly enough Pete Golding uh, former Alabama DC running that show now for Lane Kiffin yeah they've done a nice job with negative plays to this point through three games. I think they have double-digit sacks. Now, I think just two last week against Georgia Tech. Hanks King, athletic guy, um, you know, not going to be as easy to sack as maybe the two previous quarterbacks that they went against. But so far, so good under Pete. And you, know, you think back to that Tulane game, and I understand Michael Pratt didn't play for Tulane a couple Saturdays ago, but Ole Miss in that second half really took over the football game. So – Good for Pete. You know, this is a guy that endured a lot during his time at Alabama, as we all know. Some of it deserved. Um, but it seems like he's found a soft landing, a nice spot for him there in Oxford. Speaking of landings, we'll go to a hard landing and turn to the Vegas man now, Travis. Uh, the <laughs> ticket man as well. Uh, out in Las Vegas, Alabama, a seven-point favorite over the rebels in most places i've seen it a half a point off of that in both directions now this week and uh believe that uh, that uh, uh over unders in the neighborhood of 55 uh both sound like stay aways to me travis if i had to go one way or the other i might i might go under 55 uh but i don't i certainly don't think i'd be touching that that spread no, uh, the, the last two weeks should have taught us plenty about that. And I think we've preached that pretty consistently uh, with this team to this point. So need more data before we start going in hard one way or another on this Alabama team. I'm with you as far as the total. I think Alabama might need it to be under to, to be in the position it wants to be at the end of the game. Um, I don't think you want – Ole Miss dictating to the extent on offense that now you're in a position of needing to score in the low 30s, mid 30s. I still think this team, believe it or not, can do that. Could have done it against Texas. You know, lost a couple touchdowns to penalties. So you yeah. got to be careful with some of the some of the things we think we know about this team through three te- three games. Because as I just said, I don't feel like I have near enough data yet. You know, I, it won't surprise me if this team loses outright to Ole Miss on Saturday. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they kind of found it and win by 10 or more. So that's that's kind of where I'm at, Chase, with them. Yeah, anything can happen, no doubt. I, I like um, I like this game to play a little bit on the low-scoring side. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I can – 
see Alabama playing its best game and, and, and taking it by 10 or more. I can also see Ole Miss um, driving it down to the wire. I don't think Alabama gets beaten badly, um, but uh, but we shall see. All right, really quickly on tickets, less than 100 bucks, Travis, if you want to sit in the upper decks at Bryant-Denny Stadium – it certainly can't be said to price down. It's got to be that Texas loss, but uh, you don't often see uh, you don't often see prices quite this low for an Alabama SEC home game. Yeah, and it's at two thirty. I mean, it's ideal if you're coming in from Huntsville or Mobile and you want to make a day trip out of it. It's in that sweet spot as far as the commute there and back is concerned, but. Yeah, you know, that Texas game, when it came to the ticket man, that Texas game gave to the ticket man, and that Texas game taketh away from the ticket man. Ticket man would have loved for Alabama to have won that game. He would have got it both ways. He would have gotten the Texas money, and then he could have kept uh, working Ole Miss, and then you still got Tennessee. on the, And the, Tennessee didn't help the Tuscaloosa ticket man with that performance in Gainesville Saturday night. So no. it was a been a rough couple of weeks for the Tuscaloosa ticket, man. Price is down. Only took one loss, uh, an ugly one. It was certainly to Texas, uh, but uh, price is down. Presu- presumably, uh, they might stay down for uh, a few home games ahead. We shall see. All right, really quickly, going to thank a couple of sponsors here on Talking Tide. Going to start by telling you, about Heat Pizza Bar, our fine sponsors in downtown Tuscaloosa, Government Square. One of the top, voted one of the top pizzerias in all of the state. Heat Pizza Bar offers an array of outstanding signature pizzas, some great appetizers, including the best jalapeno poppers you're going to find anywhere in Jacksonville, some super salads as well, and a full bar. They've got a super atmosphere. It's loose. It's relaxed. It's away from the strip. So you're coming in town for that Alabama Ole Miss game in Tuscaloosa this weekend, maybe looking for a nice spot to eat away from the strip and and all that craziness. Can't beat Heat Pizza Bar for that in downtown Government Square. Also, quick programming note, uh, looks like uh, I'll be broadcasting live from Heat Pizza uh, on Sunday when Travis and I recap this Tide Rebels matchup. So there you have it, Heat Pizza Bar. Yeah, and they're going to take care of the TVs on game day, as we talked about before. I know it, a lot of people don't think about that, uh, but the game day television management at Heat is going to be elite at Heat, put it that way. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, When you're in town, whether it's game day, whether it's uh, graduation, uh, for any reason, if you live in Tuscaloosa, you already know about Peterbrook Chocolatier. 16 years in business now. All those great treats, those chocolate footballs. Yes, those are actually chocolate footballs we're showing you there. The thank you cards in chocolate. That's the kind of thank you I'd like to get in chocolate. And you, of course, got Halloween coming up. Never too early to start thinking about it, Chase. So, Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Sweet 16 at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Things definitely going to be busy over at Peterbrook about a month from now uh, when uh, things really kind of get ramped up for Halloween. 
Halloween. Finally, I'm going to tell you about Caldera Men's Skincare, a new sponsor of ours. First impressions matter. This is one way to do it right. Caldera has a team of four products that Travis and I are trying out this month to clean. Clean Slate, the Base Layer, the Icon, and the Good uh, kind of work as a team, and they do a super job of keeping your face looking good, looking young. If you live in Alabama, you know the sun will get to your face pretty bad. Take care of it and do it with Caldera. Our listeners can get a 20% discount on Caldera Skin products right now uh, with the promo code TIDE. Just go to calderalab.com slash TIDE. And take advantage of that 20% discount of only talking. All right, Travis, uh, before we get out of here, want to talk quickly about a couple games around the SEC, as we always do. Uh, Looking ahead, Auburn at Texas A&M. Kentucky will be in Nashville taking on those Commodores. We've got Mississippi State coming off that ugly loss to the LSU Tigers going on the road to take on South Carolina. And finally, Arkansas, which also took a loss last week out of conference. To do, they will be on the road in Baton Rouge. Uh, which of those four grabs you first, Travis? Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty tough. I'm going to go – I don't know. Who's your pick there, Gibbred? You tell me. I don't. I, I, nothing really moves me. I, I like. Ar- I, I think that Arkansas LSU game could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I mean, I, it was such. I think, a, I think Arkansas a, LSU could be could be a lot of fun. Uh, it was such a disappointing weekend with, uh, you know, with Vandy losing to UNLV. Um, oh, okay, it's Vandy, but you, you felt like Vandy had taken some steps under Clark Lee. It doesn't really feel like that early in the season to this point. Um, Arkansas with a home loss to BYU. Yeah, I'm with you. I guess I'll go Arkansas LSU. Well, we could see Rocket Sanders back, right? That should be that could be interesting for Arkansas. One of the he ran for fourteen hundred yards last year for the Razorbacks, and so definitely will bolster that offense uh, if they're able to get Rocket Sanders back. LSU, of course, coming off an outstanding victory on the road at Mississippi State. Jaden Daniels couldn't miss last week. Travis had uh, uh, a pretty amazing string of completions to open that game. Uh, So LSU firing on all cylinders at home against Arkansas. And no surprise, they're laying 17 and a half. It's a pretty big number, uh, but I can understand why. Yeah, I mean, Malik Neighbors went nuts in that first half in Starkville. And you knew going in, Mississippi State secondary was a major question mark. Well, it still is. Um, uh, No doubt. I I think with LSU, too, a very emotional week with the Greg Brooks news, uh, the defensive back for LSU with the brain tumor, uh, emergency surgery that took place here in the last day or so. So certainly our thoughts are with him and his family and – uh, hoping for the best as he tries to move through that. Auburn at Texas A&M, Mississippi State at South Carolina. South Carolina, Travis, at home, coming off that loss to Georgia where they felt like they might, might have them at half. 
halftime. Uh, and then, of course, Georgia kind of runs them over the second half. So uh, disappointing for sure for Shane Beamer's team. But uh, on the other side, Mississippi State, they got to bounce back. If you're Zach Arnett, you got to get that offense going after that showing last week. Well, and that was the concern with the change going from the air raid to what Arnett wants to be more about. I've said it before, it was kind of reminiscent of going from Homer Smith in 89 with Gary Hollinsworth at Alabama to Gene Stallings and the offense Gene wanted to run in 90. You talk about two vastly different approaches. Um, That's what you kind of feel like Will Rogers is enduring right now. But, no, uh, again, the problem for me uh, with State in this matchup is I I think – Spencer Rattler can throw for 400-plus against that secondary. Now, you know, South Carolina's got to block a little bit, and Mississippi State's front seven is still, I think, better than what it showed last week. Uh, but I would probably still take Carolina in that one. Then then you get Alabama rolling into Starkville. That's right. That's right. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Had a little bit of Wi-Fi wobbly. In this in this episode, so apologize podcast this week. But for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. Tune in on Sunday when we recap time right here on Talking Tide.